everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of well, That's Odd. But, ah, this week we have something special for you on this episode of That's Odd. And I'm Johnny Townsend, and with me, as always, is my friend, my compadre, uh, Chris Chavez. What's up? E I O U I. What's up, dude? Bing, How are bang, you? Water, water, bing, bing. Uh, pretty good, man. How are you doing? Uh, impressed. Smooth opening. Enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody will ever know that there was an opening before that that was just truly awful. Or will they? <laughs> uh, they probably will. Man, I can't wait for this episode today. I'm super excited for this one. Yeah. What are we calling this episode? Uh, the Odd World of Rock and Roll. Oh, that's oh, right. World. Before that's we right. get into it, though, I want to ask you something. Okay, go for it. History creeps, that's odd. If they if it's ever uh worthy, we bring up things going on in the news. Um actually, you know what? I'm gonna hold off. We're gonna wait for round table because I think Carter oh, Carter's gonna want to talk about that. You know what okay, I'm talking you can't, about? You can't just do that and then just not Oh, I do sure it. can. I'm gonna make the listeners no, wait until history creeps. No. Well, I don't wanna wait. I'm not one of the listeners. Oh. This is part of my show. Tell me what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this at all. Do you remember uh, something strange washed ashore? Oh, yes. The okay. beaches of Georgia. Right. Yes. 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 And there was already... <laughs> there was already... Uh, yeah, I understand why you want Carter on board for yeah. that. Okay, yeah, I'm yeah, cool yeah, with yeah. that. So now Sorry, listeners. Listeners, listeners will have to li- just wait till next week. <laughs> yeah, and here, here's a key word. This will give him a little hint. Uh, penis. <laughs> <laughs> Pixelated. <laughs> That's right. Sitzered. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you think I'm right on that, or do you think our uh, our friend Brandon was right on that? Um, I don't know, because honestly, I was go when I first saw it originally, my mind went where yours went. But then, yeah. but then I I like quickly thought, well, maybe it's just because it's kind of gory, so they cut, they blurred over like entrails. But I don't know, man. I don't know. <clears throat> well, I'm sorry about that cough there. You're good. But uh, my question would be. Like we we're gonna discuss this more later, but <laughs> I think it depends on where it washed up at. Yeah. I mean, that's giving away a lot when I said that, but you know, because different areas have different types of censorship for different things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like some sure. country, some countries are way more uh, sensitive to sexual things, and some countries are way more sensitive to uh, like uh, violence and stuff. So. Yeah. No, I get okay. you. I feel like yeah. the closer to Disney you are, the more censorship you get. Uh, yes. in terms of the crotch area. That's right. <laughs> crotch censorship is on the rise. <laughs> oh my god. This is At the Disney. most this is the, the weirdest current creeps ever. And listeners are just like yeah. some listeners will be like, oh, I know exactly what they're talking about. So or some listeners are like, the hell are they talking about? And I gotta go look this up. And some listeners yeah. are like, Oh Jesus, shut up and get to your story already. Yeah, we got key words that you can look up if you're curious about this. Censor pe- penis. That's right. Disney. <laughs> Pixelated. Disney. <laughs> Little oh. Mermaid. <laughs> oh, Lord. Speaking of Little Mermaid. Yeah, uh, good good segue. The odd world of rock and roll. I've been wanting to do <laughs> this for a little while, too. <laughs> That's the greatest segue we've ever done. <laughs> That's a top five segue. <laughs> I've been wanting to do uh, something relating to the world of rock and roll, the history of rock, because I love music, and I love the history of music. Like I have, I, I couldn't even tell you how many documentaries I have on the history of the blues, the history of rock and roll, the history of house music, the history of uh, electronic music, the history, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so I, I absolutely love that stuff. And I know throughout 
the history of all these different music genres, there are all kinds of creepy stories, all kinds of odd stories, strange, crazy stories. And I thought, you know, at some point, these stories will come up on one of our shows, uh, whether as a compilation, a whole bunch of them, maybe one will show up here and there. But I thought today for that side, I'd bring uh, a, a few stories that I had heard about. Uh, and then a couple that I found, because listeners know, as and as, as well as you do, I love my list websites. Uh, I found a site that had some of that stuff. I was like, oh, maybe I'll talk about that this this episode. So, uh, yeah, that's where that came from. And now the entire episode became that, because originally you had something else. Yeah, originally I had a completely different subject altogether. I've been getting back into uh, different cults and stuff. I'm really fascinated by those. Uh, so I had something about that. But I liked your idea, so I was like, I'm going to find three stories about three uh, musical artists that I really enjoy and just kind of uh, run with it like you did. Oh, so. you could have gone the cults route in terms of like, uh, or the occult with uh, Led well, Zeppelin. What's his name? Jimmy Page and Aleister Crowley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I may or may not have still kind of snuck a cult thing in. Sweet. We'll find out. Sweet. All right. So yeah. I have. I have. Oh, a few... real quick. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Real quick. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you like crazy. <laughs> You're this good. Is terrible. Man. It's all. This good. is terrible radio. <laughs> We're podcasting, but. Uh, uh, there's a, I want to turn listeners onto this and I, I think it's really vital because the next time I am, it's my time for uh, history creeps. This will be the, what it, my subject is. There's a documentary on Netflix right now called wild, wild country. Uh, it's about a, uh, a Garth Brooks well, tour. Yes. Yeah. It's about a Garth Brooks tour. That's right. Uh, where he couldn't decide if he was Garth Brooks or Chris Gaines and it just it goes wild. back and forth between the two. It's a wild show. And it was so wild. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's actually about, uh, it's a documentary series, I think there's six parts, six episodes. I've already seen them all, I, I couldn't stop watching them, uh, but it's all about a, uh, I really feel weird calling things cults, because sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't, but it's a, it was a sort of a place that tried to really take over a small town in Oregon, so highly recommend it, it's very, very good, and I'm going to talk about it next time on my turn for History Creeps. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of a documentary following Garth Brooks around as he fights off his shattered psyche. He's constantly looking at himself <laughs> in the mirror, and it's like Garth Brooks, normal, and then in the mirror, he's Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. And he's like, yeah. argues with himself and shit. I'm 100% behind <laughs> I this. I say we do that. <laughs> yeah, this needs to be done. All right, we're going we're gonna to put that up for Patreon listeners. Yeah. You remember that time that Chris Gaines actually hosted Saturday Night Live? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That really happened, America. That's, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Back to the show. Chris, right. you were saying about rock and roll. Yes, just the the crazy things that... Oh, okay, hang on one sec. Um, I have a... Give me a sec. My uh, All of a sudden now, my phone is uh, trying to install... Are you kidding? Do you hear this? I've got a... Uh, I have a... A virus on my computer, my phone now. That's not cool. What? What did she say? She said something. She said something about here. Let me open up the internet again. This is what it says. You need to upgrade your Android cleaner now, or your mobile slow down and consume the battery faster. They're on to us now. We need to do what she said. Sounds about right. Danger, Will Robinson. All right, I'm assuming anyway. all your stuff's on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Every single thing I needed was on my phone. Damn yep. It. Yay. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> let me see. It's yay technology. You know what the beautiful thing about this is? My eyes. <laughs> <laughs> is that I uh, 
I can easily edit every single piece of this out. Nope, leave it. All right, that's Warts for and all, I say. All right, so anyway, we're going to go into our story today. Our story has to do, our, most of our stories have to do with some crazy things that happened throughout rock and roll uh, and the history of rock and roll. Uh, that's right. As I was saying, I, I have a few stories. You have some as well. We're going to kick it off with the Prince of Darkness himself, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, we're riding aboard that crazy train. Already, man, crazy train. So... I don't know. Listeners might we we have a whole variety of listeners out there. We have listeners of all different ages. So there's listeners who might know Ozzy for his Black Sabbath days. Um, you know, we they might know Ozzy from the solo days, barking at the moon. Uh, they may know that we may have listeners who only know him from the TV show The Osbournes and that crazy you know drugged out old man walking around. Sharon, Sharon. You know and we I probably mean? have we probably have listeners who don't know who he is at all. There you go. Um, yeah. And then there will be listeners who know some of the crazy stories, like the stories where uh, apparently he bit off the head of a bat on stage uh, and had to be treated for rabies afterwards. Um, one of the stories that I, I wanted to tell was a, he had he had gone on tour in 1984. Uh, Ozzy went on tour with the band Motley Crue. Uh, and this tour was notoriously known um as the craziest drug and alcohol fueled tours in the history of rock and roll. Now, just think about what that says, because you know, you, everybody knows those debaucherous days of the seventies uh, rock rock bands. You know, you always hear about those tours where drugs are flowing, the women are everywhere drinking. It's just crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now you you put Motley Crue, one of the most notorious uh, for partying uh, bands in the world, with Ozzy. In 1984, when Ozzy's at the height of like his drug, you know, fueled uh, starts shoot to stardom, um, they go on tour together. So apparently, during this tour, Ozzy and bassist Nikki Six of Motley Crue decide they're going to continue to try to one up each other, uh, doing the craziest stunts and the craziest things that they can do on the tour. Um, during a time, one of the one of the times they're in a hotel at a hotel room. Apparently, Nikki Six lights himself on fire. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying he lights his entire body on fire. Probably light, lit his arm or something on fire. So, uh, what do you do? Do you know this story at all, uh, uh, Johnny? I don't know. Keep going. I know quite a bit. But okay. So I mean, just in general. So apparently, uh, Ozzy says, "I'll show you something better," and he goes out. Oh, perfect, Ozzy. To the pa- thank you. Goes out to the pavement outside. Uh, where there's a line of ants that are kind of like making their way next to you know try to get back home, uh, and he proceeds <laughs> to he proceeds to snort them right up his nostrils. The enti- I love the entire line. I love that while this terrible thing of the men snorted is happening, you've also thrown in this narrative that these ants are just trying to get back home to their loved ones. <laughs> They're like it's late for dinner. We got to get home. It's been a long day of work. You seen the movie Ants, man? You know how yeah. that shit goes. Uh, this is Pixar's worst nightmare. All of a sudden, this giant nostril just comes down on them. It's like a black hole sucking them up. It may as well be. I mean, you know what else he stuffed up that nose? All kinds of things. <laughs> no kidding. But yeah, apparently, like he snorts them up uh, to the point. Have you ever had that kid in school that would like snort or swallow uh, like a chain or something, and then it would come out his nose? You know what I mean? Out his mouth. I've seen it nose. before, and I didn't care for it. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, Ozzy snorts them up his nose and uh, proceeds to smile at Nikki Six. And as he smiles, uh, a few ants just come crawling out from between his teeth. Oh, so they still made it home. Oh yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> now, 
the reason I bring this up and overall our entire episode's theme today is because that to me, aside from that and the other stories that are coming, is it it's really is odd how people behave when they're given a, a certain amount of freedom. Uh, and freedom in terms of like he doesn't have to worry about like bills, going home for this. You know what I mean? He's just partying. He's he's getting paid to do what he yeah. likes to do. So it's it's crazy to me how how crazy people get uh, when that's the case. And I thought this was one of the to start it off. Can you imagine Ozzy Osbourne looking at you grinning and teeth just? I mean, uh, ants just coming out from between his teeth. You know what's strange? Uh, yeah, I can. <laughs> Sharon, where's my floss? <laughs> you know, I totally. That's all I ever heard when he talked. That's it was basically that, right? it. You said, "Yeah, it might as well have been the Dagum parents from Charlie Brown." <laughs> I only heard every other word. Well, Chris, that's very good. I mean, obviously, Ozzy Osbourne is uh, very important to rock, especially heavy metal genre. But let's go from there to the uh, the fifties, and that's when the King, and by the King, I mean Elvis Presley himself. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that's a name that uh, I know very well. My mom and my uncle are still are to this day huge Elvis fans. So nice. Uh, I, I've kind of grown up with. Uh, not only his music, but even his movies. He did all kinds of films and stuff. He was, I don't think people realize how big of a star, just of a star he was back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, he was, uh, pretty humongous. Well, uh, one of the maybe lesser known things about this man is that he, he actually, uh, had a twin brother. Uh, on January 8th, 1935, Elvis Presley w- was not born alone. Uh, his twin brother was actually born about half an hour before him, Jesse Garen Presley, but sadly, uh, he was born stillborn. So, uh, I don't know if you've read stories about this before or not, Chris, but uh, I've heard many times when it comes to twins, uh, but obviously everybody knows they share a really super special connection with uh-huh. each other. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of, even when, even, uh, Jumping into our realm here of the weird and odd to the point where, uh, you know, uh, uh, they would uh, have same things happen to them, even if they're in different states, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Actually, as a matter of fact, I have a future story for uh, History Creeps that involves uh, twins. Oh, very cool. Uh, I'm really, I'm uh, two of my really good friends are twin brothers, uh, and I still get them confused today, so that's how good of a friend I am. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah. So, wait, are you uh, saying always, all twins look alike, dude? That's messed up. Well, that's not as well, unless they're Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> then yes. I agree completely. <laughs> Great film, a documentary. I'm sorry. Odd. Called Twins. Anyway, <laughs> yes. So, anyway, I'm saying all that to say this Elvis uh, was the one of the two who actually made it. Uh, uh, of course, he would grow up in a really. Uh, in Mississippi is where, where he was born. His family was really, really poor. Uh, his mom uh, couldn't have any more children because of what happened with his brother when he was being born. So so Elvis was even lucky to even make it out alive when he was born, actually. Uh, but they were very poor. His dad actually ended up going to jail uh, because he forged a, and I'm not making this up, a $4 check. <laughs> What? Yeah. What is that like? Wait, back in the what? Fifties? Forties? 
I would say it'd probably be early 40s. Yeah, like, so is that like forging a $20 check or a $25 check now? I mean, I don't know the difference anymore, but it's, it, does sound, it, does, it does sound ridiculous when you put it that way. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so his mom pretty much raised him herself. Now, I don't know how long his dad was gone, but, uh, you know, he's very close to his mom. But she was often heard saying things like uh, one of her most famous quotes was, uh, she knows why he acts like he has the energy of two. Uh, and the other thing that she would say is uh, uh, a lot of times, especially when he was growing up, and even when he was uh, an adult out there, you know, jailhouse uh, rocking all night long, uh, that uh, uh, he would talk to his brother. Like, she would catch him all the time when he was a kid, especially just staying up at night. She'd hear him talking and go in and find out what it was, and he's just talking to his brother. Oh. Because to him, he was still there. Dude, that's uh, Elvis, creepy. Yeah, Elvis uh, was... Uh, was a very spiritual man. Uh, he wasn't just a... You couldn't call him a Christian. You couldn't call him a, uh, any other religion either because he kind of took a little bit of all of them. Uh, around his neck, he'd always have... A, he would have, He famously had a cross, a necklace, and also a star David mm-hmm. and a few others just because uh, you know he was really spiritual because of his brother. He's covering he his bases. Op- yeah, <laughs> and he always talked about his brother. And so the weird, so the weird, even more weird thing is, I think everybody kind of knows uh, the famous story that Elvis didn't die. You know, everybody yeah, wants yeah. to claim he was still alive. Uh, but you know, he actually did die when he was he was very young. He was only in his forties. Did you know that? I didn't know that. How old was he? Uh, like forty two, forty three, around there. Holy cow! Really? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! I didn't know that. For some reason, I always because they always talked about how he was big, fat, and whatever. And I always thought like he was in his fifties, maybe sixty, closer to sixties. That's what I felt too. So I don't know why I always thought that too. Because uh, when he was really, really, really famous, he was like the really good-looking guy, mm-hmm. and he was kind of uh, he he had a fascinating life too. He even went to the army mm-hmm. for a little while uh, to the point where. Uh, and he was already famous when he did this. He was already famous when he went into the army. Everybody already knew who he was. And the army actually told him that he couldn't sing while he was there because it was too much of a distraction. <laughs> so we'd, so he'd go and just play piano for all the guys and stuff instead. Nice. Yeah, so, He's playing yeah, so his was, hits and has somebody covering his songs. Yeah. Well, he actually never wrote any of his own songs. True. Uh, they either covers or somebody else wrote them for him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. He definitely brought uh, music to the masses. My... <laughs> I still uh, one of my favorite things was my grandpa was telling me how much he didn't like Elvis <laughs> because uh, because Elvis was too provocative. Yeah, because back then, man, that shaking of the hips was like, what are you? Oh, he doing? Got, yeah, he literally got in trouble for shaking his hips on television. Yeah, so. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it's odd that he he continued to keep on a relationship with his brother that had died at birth. And that's I think the, it's kind of I think it may be odd for us, yeah. but I bet to him it wasn't no, at all. Right, but yeah. th- it almost like can you imagine that? It's almost like those scenes in the in those horror movies where like the mom's like hears her kid talking down the hall while he's in the bedroom. She's like, Who's Oh yes, yeah. To? So she walks real slow. Camera comes up real slow and kind of goes around the door, and you see the kid right. And as the camera keeps moving, it keeps showing more of the room, and there's no one there. Yeah, I don't like those. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if they put out an Elvis biopic that was like a horror movie? <laughs> they could do it. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, and Aaron. What was no wait? What was his name? What was his name supposed to be? Jesse. Yeah. Uh, Jesse and Elvis. That's the name of the yeah. horror movie. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take you back to Motley Crue. Okay, let's do it. I'm going to take you back to Motley Crue because uh, Nikki Six, for some reason, two years after his uh, game of one-upping Ozzy Osbourne, 
didn't realize that the game had been over after the tour was done. He decided he was going to try to one-up Ozzy in a way that I don't think Ozzy's ever gotten this far. 1986, um, there's a very famous story about how uh, Nikki Six overdosed on heroin. Now, the guy is it used to be, I mean, he is an addict, um, but he used to have a bad problem with heroin, especially in the 80s. A lot of the, the, the bands did. A lot of people in the 80s and 90s uh, rock bands died from heroin. Uh, and Nikki Six is lucky that he didn't. Um, however, he did. Have you ever heard of this? I'm not sure. I'm I'm intrigued though. If you've if you're interested in the band at all, if you're interested in in any of this kind of stuff, um, he actually put a book out a few years ago. It's, it's called the Heroin Diaries, and it's literally his diary entries from when he decided he was finally going to try to quit heroin. Uh, and it's because he had had so many of these times where he had come close to death or had died and been brought back to, uh, to life. Uh, at some point he, he just got to a point where he was like, I have to stop this. I just have to. The book is amazing. I read it almost in, in one sitting. It was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but this story is in there. In 1986, he's in he's in London at a drug dealer's house uh, scoring heroin and decides to shoot up. Uh, he ends up overdosing, and the dealer tries to bring him back to life. He's like hitting him. He's like pounding on his chest, trying to give him mouth to mouth. He literally brings a bat out and tries to like pound the Nikki Six's chest with a bat uh, to get the heart beating again. Doesn't happen. Oh. So he picks up. Uh, he 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 picks him up. Nikki Six drags him down outside and throws him in a nearby dumpster. Minutes later, just throws him away. Just throws him in the dumpster. Minutes later, Nikki Six wakes up. He literally wakes up in the trash. And the lyrics for that, uh, there's a lyric that he wrote because he wrote he writes most of Motley Crue's songs. Uh, There's a lyric in in the song Valentine's and or uh, the song Dancing on Glass where he says Valentine's in London found me in the trash. He's literally talking about what happened there. Uh, and as if that wasn't enough, he's just like, oh, I died and woke up and kept going, right? Yeah. 1987, you're talking just a year later, uh, Motley Crue is on tour with Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses is is just released Appetite for Destruction. Like They're literally skyrocketing themselves, and they go on tour with Motley Crue. During the tour, uh, Nikki Six decides he is going to shoot heroin in Slash's uh, hotel room. It is December twenty third, two days before Christmas. He's shooting up heroin in Slash's guitar uh, or hotel room, and again he overdoses. Uh, Slash wasn't there, but his girlfriend was. The girlfriend ends up calling, you know, paramedics. Uh, they get there. When they get there, he's barely breathing. Uh, on the way to the hospital, he stops breathing, and he's declared dead for two minutes. The paramedics though continue to try to work on him, even though he's he's been dead now for two minutes. Um, and the next thing he knows, he wakes up in the hospital. He just wakes up. And you know what he does? Sits up, uh, rips the tubes out of his arms and nose, and leaves the hospital. He hitches a ride all the way back home, uh, just wearing pants. No shirt, no shoes, no socks. Uh, he gets home and continues to shoot up heroin. And his friends find him the next day, passed out with a needle sticking out of his arm. Wow. And that's where the song Kickstart My Heart came from. Wow. Wow. Isn't that insane? 
playing with fire. No kidding. He's had a lot of those, and and it's, and he's finally clean. Or he's been clean for a while now, which is great. But uh, dude, you read that book, and it opens up your eyes to uh, just the stuff that that addicts deal with, especially with that drug. It's really crazy because I mean, a lot of people are quick to throw away and be like, "Oh, it's just an addict. Oh, he deserved it." Or, but if you realize the stuff that they're dealing with, what they're going through mentally, you know, it's really cra- it's crazy, dude. It's 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 kind of sad, but it's very eye opening. It's it's it it. it it makes it almost so that you can empathize, you know, and you can understand where people are coming from. And instead of looking at them from a different lens, but yeah, dude, it was, it's crazy to know that people get, go that far to death and back and goes right back to shooting up. No questions asked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, add. Well, I'll, I'll see that and I'll raise you another wild story. I don't know if you've heard of this band or not, Chris, I'm just going to throw the name out. Uh, the Beatles. The Beatles. The Beatles. I do. Uh, yeah. Uh, I really love the Beatles. Mick, I love a lot of their music. Mick Jagger. Uh, <laughs> yes, what's his yeah, name? The guitarist that looks like the zombie. Yeah, that's them. You're right <laughs> on board there. <laughs> Doesn't Roger Daltrey sing with them too? Pete oh, every day. You know, they're all yep. in there. Yep, they're all in there. All Hen- Any British Hendrix. name we know. Yeah. <laughs> An <laughs> American, why not? <laughs> Let's just toss them. Uh, Morrison, yeah. Surfing yeah. USA, one of my favorite songs. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Beatles fans hate us right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually a huge Beatles fan. Grew up on Beatles music. I play numerous Beatles songs on guitar. I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love them, too. Uh, one of my all-time favorite songs is Eleanor Rigby. I love that song. Oh, but, yeah. But anyway, uh, Chris, uh, of course, you know and I know, and I'm assuming most people know, even if you've never even listened to their music, that Back in their day, they were massively popular. I mean, they were huge. It was kind of down to them and Elvis at one point as the two biggest things in music. Yeah, there was a uh, con- controversial statement in which John Lennon even claimed to be bigger than Jesus. Right, yes, exactly. That's how big they were, though. <laughs> yeah. And he might not have been too far off, to be honest with <laughs> at you. At the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were humongous. Um, I actually like their later stuff a lot more I agree. Uh, than their early stuff, but... Anyway, I digress. Uh, Chris, did you know that in the year 1967, the Beatles actually tried to buy an island near Athens, Greece? I did not know that. What? Yeah, they tried to buy an island. Now, uh, 1967, it's the late 60s. Uh, This is uh, when a lot of your uh, cults and stuff are kind of uh, getting huge and big. This is really close to the time of Jonestown. It's not too far from there. So all this stuff is happening. Anyway, uh, you know, if you follow the Beatles and any of their interviews or the lyrics to their music, you know that they're all about peace and love. Yep. Uh, So the reason for wanting to buy an island is, you know, it's not above reason that that they could buy one. They had a lot of money, obviously, but uh, they wanted to buy one to set up their own little community of, and I'm quoting, family and loved ones. Like a commune. Like a commune exactly uh, they said they were fed up with how uh, everything else had failed you know religions had failed uh, go- different types of governments had failed uh, you know uh, wars didn't even if you want a war it still failed uh, but they wanted a whole thing based on love now Chris uh, I, I think you may know this but a lot of your cults kind of start out this exact same way yeah I think every almost every one of them yeah 
Yeah, uh, even the People's Temple, which is well, ended up in Jonestown, mm-hmm. they literally started out with an all-inclusive thing mm-hmm. where no matter who you were, you were loved mm-hmm. and welcomed into that group. So, And you get uh, a cup of Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, sadly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of bad taste. Yeah, so it was that Kool-Aid. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's what we say. That's horrible. We're horrible. <laughs> I hate you for setting me up for that. Yeah. Uh, because that was a terrible thing. But anyway, uh, but ultimately they didn't buy it. And you want to know why they didn't buy it? <laughs> why is that? Apparently in a book uh, p- that was titled Paul McCartney many years from now, uh, somebody else had written it, but it was a Paul McCartney biography. Paul, Mc- uh, Paul McCartney himself is quoted, and I'm going <laughs> to... Uh-oh. I'm really good at, imp- at impressions, and then especially impressions <laughs> that involve some type of accent. So here we go. It's a good job we didn't do it, because anyone who tried those ideas realized eventually there would always be arguments. There would always be who has to do the washing ups and whose turn it is to clean out the latrines. So what I'm saying is, they literally didn't do it because they knew they would fight over who had to clean up the bathroom. That is amazing. Yes. This is so awesome. I'm gonna have to ask my dad if he knows this piece of trivia because that he's he's a huge Beatles fan and and that's I've never heard of that. I know I, I know quite a bit about the Beatles and I didn't know that either until today when I was researching some weird stuff about them. See if I could find anything fun. Do I look like, like that? Do I look like Mister Clean to you? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. To be fair, who who does want to clean out the latrines? Oh that's not a fun God. job. Of the Beatles. Um, could you imagine any of the now, any now, of the Beatles doing that? Now, can you imagine if they had succeed? They were just they like they didn't think of it. Like that never came into their minds, so they went forward with this. Now, yes. <laughs> now, do they prove that it can be done and show to be uh, a successful commune, or do the Beatles as a as as the a four piece b- become like these gods you know what i mean and and create a cult that everyone worships them and then they start to end fight with each other and there's murder and which route does it go if it actually if they actually had bought the island and started moving people in i think no matter what they would have done they would always have split up some way or somehow because it was was kind of destined just with the heads butting each other uh, but the other thing I wanted to tell you real quick, this is a really quick Beatles side story. <laughs> I discovered this, too, while I was researching this. Uh, it's claimed, and George Harrison kind of backs it up with a quote. I don't have it here in front of me, but basically he lost his virginity uh, with the other three Beatles watching him do it. <laughs> oh, my God. That doesn't surprise me. There's a lot of stories I heard about them on the road, and uh, especially when George was much younger. Some of the things that they would force him to do, and and you're talking, you're talking about these guys that are forcing a kid to do yes. some of these things. It's uh, nowadays with with internet, with instant information, it wouldn't fly. These guys would be consi- I don't think they'd be darlings. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Well, there. there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, in a history of rock and roll. There's a lot of our oh yeah artists that we really like who in today's age probably would not have been seen in the same light. Oh, I agree, one hundred percent. This guy, though, I'm about to tell you about, uh, would have still been seen in the same light today. Do you know Iggy Pop? I sure do. Iggy Pop, um, also of the band The Stooges. The Stooges is a punk band from the 70s. Uh, this this one I had never heard of before, never knew about, and now I want to uh, hear this. 
found this on a list, so I'm just going to read exactly what it says on this uh, little list thing I found. Um, boom, boom, boom. On February 9th, 1974, the Stooges performed at Detroit's Michigan Palace. It was the band's last show together before they broke up for three decades. Before the 1974 concert, Pop gave a radio interview in which he challenged a Detroit motorbike gang, the Scorpions, to a fight. He called them all a bunch of cats. Not really. <laughs> well, I think that's the nice way of saying that he called them pussies. Uh, oh! <laughs> hello! <laughs> uh, in response, the gang attended the show and pelted the band with broken glass, beer jugs, urine, eggs, ice, jelly beans, and shovels. First, well, here's the thing I want to ask you. I, I think I know where you're going with it. If you're going to throw urine, why do you need to throw the other stuff? <laughs> well, here's my thing. Okay, this is a biker gang. They're like, all right, load up. We're going to the show. We're going to show that piece of shit what we got. I got yeah. the eggs. I got urine. I got beer. I got yeah, Did somebody say urine? <laughs> <laughs> no, and then he's like, I got the shovels. I'll bring jelly beans. Wait. <laughs> did did you say jelly beans? Well, hey, he's bringing urine. Yeah. <laughs> That's what threw me off, dude. Really? Jelly beans? Uh, despite the hostility, though, Iggy continued to taunt the crowd and said, you pricks can throw everything in the world. Your girlfriend will still love me. The Stooges fed off the crowd's anger and continued to perform. During the show, Iggy finally told the bikers, all right, you assholes, want to hear Louie Louie? We'll give it to you. And then the Stooges continued to play a 45-minute version of Louie Louie, which included improvised lyrics by Iggy Pop. During the song, he continued to yell and verbally assault the gang. The concert finally ended after Iggy Pop focused his attention on one particular heckler and said, Listen, asshole, you heckle me one more time, I'm going to come down there and kick your ass. The biker told Pop to come over, so Iggy jumped off the stage and confronted him. The biker continued to beat the crap out of Iggy, which ended the event. Luckily, the concert was captured on reel-to-reel tape machine and recorded live. In 1976, the Stooges released the recording in an album titled Metallic KO. It is the only rock album where you can hear beer bottles breaking against guitar strings. I have wow. to listen to this. <laughs> I couldn't stand listening to Louis Louie Louis, Louis for more than five minutes. <laughs> but dude, like he Personally. was he was always infamous for being very like in your face, very yeah. aggressive, jumping in yes. you know into the pit, having people. I think I believe he used to cut himself on stage because he's always shirtless. Everybody, if you know who Iggy yeah. Pop is, you you know what his body looks like. <laughs> it's like yes. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like literally a skeleton with skin stretched around it. Uh, Pretty much. And he used to just cut himself on stage. He's done all kinds of crazy shit. I mean, there's there's you know singers and bands out there that have done even crazier. But dude, when I heard that it went this crazy, so much so that they're like, let's release it so that you can hear it on the recording. You know, I have to get it now. I'm gonna I'm gonna find that and listen to that tonight. I don't blame you. How and odd. Let me know. Let me know. Very odd. <laughs> very very odd. Uh, Chris, I've decided to do something with my last story here. Uh oh. Uh oh. I want to. Uh, to do a little plug for Retro Blist, my other podcast, because this story would actually fit on Retro Blist just as much as it will here on That's Odd. Ooh. In the early 90s, there were two kings of uh, video games, and those were the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. 
Michael Jackson was the king of pop at this time. Very famous. Uh, everybody, uh, I'm assuming everybody knows who he is, or at least knows his songs. Uh, he uh, he actually loved the Sega Genesis. He was a big fan of it. Oh, he he actually reached out. I, now he shunned Chris, the Nintendo. He shunned the Nintendo. He loved the Sega Genesis. And I gotta say, when I was growing up, I was a Sega Genesis kid. That's what I got. That's what I had too. Uh, so that's what I loved at the time. So I would have been all for his decision <laughs> here. <laughs> but uh, side note, I love the Super Nintendo as well. They're both awesome. <laughs> Michael Jackson ended up reaching out to Sega of America. Sega is actually a, a company in Japan, but they have an American office. Nintendo does the same thing. Uh, actually reached out to them to tell them that he absolutely adored and loved Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog was there was Sega's equivalent to Mario. Uh, is to is to Nintendo. He's their main mascot. Those first three Sonic the Hedgehog games are very 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 good. Still hold up today, in my opinion. Uh, but um. He loved Sonic the Hedgehog, and at this time, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 had come out, and he was a big fan of that game. He loved it. He loved it so much that he asked, and he got invited to the office there, in, for Sega's office. So he goes up there, and they show him around, they give him a tour, and before he leaves, Sega decides they're going to show him a little something, a little a little uh, uh, a preview of what's to come, Oh, nice! and they showed him a... Uh, the uh, demo demo of Sonic the Hedgehog three, <laughs> nice. And then on top of that, they kind of just off the hand did this. They just said, "Hey, uh, why don't you uh, compose some music for it?" You know, just throwing it out there. I kind of feel like they were halfway joking when they said it too. Yeah, because these are yeah. game designers and developers and testers, yeah. and they've got the king of pop in their office, so they're just messing. You could always write a song, you know, and not expecting yeah. him to be like, "Well, sure, why not?" That's that was scary good how good you were. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but actually, uh, they actually would later on receive music from Jackson. Wow, that's awesome. Michael would actually beatbox. I'm calling him Michael because you know we were on a first name basis. Mikey. Uh, Michael. Michael would beatbox and give musical cues uh, to some some of the composers for the game, and they would take what he would do and translate it into the 16 bit music. But if you go back and look into the credits of the video game Sonic the Hedgehog 3, yeah. you will not see his name. Ooh, why not? He didn't want it, or what happened? That's where this gets even more fun, Chris. I'm glad you said that. One of the stories that went around is that uh, once he actually heard back uh, his music through the Sega Genesis, he hated it. Oh, no, no. I thought he'd be super ecstatic, man. He didn't like it at all, to the point where he kind of uh, nicely suggested that they take his name off the credits. <laughs> he didn't want to be involved with it at all. Now, uh, just so everybody knows, uh, when when you compare the... This is very video, video game nerdish, so I'm sorry for those who don't care. But if you compare the Super Nintendo to the Sega Genesis... When it comes to sound-wise, yeah, yeah. the Super Nintendo was always better. It's, the, it's held in higher regard when it comes to that. However, the Sonic games have always had, especially Sonic 2, that's one of my favorite video game soundtracks. So uh, that's so it's kind of weird to me that he didn't like it. But uh, the other thing that was said was this was also at the time uh, when he was getting in trouble for and being accused of uh, child molestation. Oh, yeah. So uh, they don't know which is the real story which happened. Now, uh, how did we find this out, Chris? This is even more weird. 
what happened was somebody on the internet, because uh, for uh, somebody on the internet went back and was listening to Song of the Hedgehog three soundtrack and said this sounds a lot like Michael Jackson music, and they started comparing it to Michael Jackson music, and then suddenly this theory rose up that Michael Jackson did some of the music for it, to the point where Sega was getting asked this over and over and over again if Michael Jackson had anything to do with it, and they would deny it, and they would deny it, and they would deny it, and if you actually go to Sega now. Uh, the main corporate offices and ask them, they will still technically deny it today. However, the reason that we know it's true is that everybody who worked on that game said, yeah, this is all true. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So technically, if you play uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 3 today, uh, you can actually still hear some of his music in it because the composers, uh, they did re- rewrite a lot of the music, but they left some of his bits and stuff in it. So you can actually still kind of hear his imprint on the on the music if you listen to it. There's also this thing where, uh, in is it the Casino World? What's uh, I think it's Casino yeah. World where. Uh, what do you call those things where it bounces you around like you're a, a pinball? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, if you hit it a specific way three times, all of a sudden everything on the screen just kind of freezes slightly, turns a purplish color. All of a sudden, like, well, it's it's the uh, it's the it's a 32 bit, right? What is that Sega music? Whatever the music, 16 bit. It's yeah. like a 16 bit version of the uh, song Thriller, and like these zombies all come out, and all of a sudden Sonic's got like the red jacket and the silver glove, and you can actually yep. instead of running fast forward, you moonwalk fast backwards. Have, it is pretty amazing. It is amazing. So also, uh, I want that to be way more true than you realize. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're moving on. Uh, last story of the day. This one was strange um, because of like how everything went down. Not not overall strange. You know uh, Frank Zappa. Definitely yes. So strange, yeah. Uh, apparently that that was the way people looked at his music. Like he was, it was strange kind of music, and uh, he was kind of. Um, uh, jarring as well in person because he was very he was I don't if you've ever heard him speak or or uh, seen any of these videos because unfortunately he's he's, he's passed um, he's very like he's super smart dude smart as a whip and like when he ta- when he sp- speaks it, the way he says things are so logical or so like straight that you're just like it can be off putting sometimes. Um, so I'm going to read a couple of things about him here so you can kind of get a feel for him. Uh, did you know this about Frank Zappa? That he his dad uh, was ex- an extremely intelligent chemist and mathematician that worked with the United States Defense Program? No. Yeah, he actually grew up near uh, the Aberdeen Proving Ground. You know what that is? Where they where they tested a bunch of uh, chemicals and, and all kinds of stuff like that out, out, out west. Um and because of that, he was regularly sick as a child. He suffered from extreme asthma, earaches, and sinus problems because of mustard gas exposure. Um, he also he so all of his upbringing really gave him a real negative stance on chemical weapons and warfare and germ warfare. And a lot of his music, you can hear references to that kind of stuff, which is weird. But anyway, um, here's some crazy stuff that was happening in his world. Uh, let's see here. Uh, on December 4th, 1971, Frank Zappa and the Mother of Invention, that's the name of his band, uh, were performing at a concert at the Montreux Casino when the me- a member of the audience decided to fire a flare gun into the rattan-covered ceiling. The casino quickly caught fire and burned to the ground. All of Zappa's equipment was lost, but he survived the fire. Uh, had you ever heard about this story? 
No. This story uh, is very well documented in a song that you do know by a band called Deep Purple. Smoke on the Water is about yeah. that. Is literally about oh. that entire thing. Oh, I had no idea. Because I the, definitely know that song. Yeah, because the band yeah. Deep Purple were watching the smoke from across the river as as it was as the place was burning down. Uh, so that was a weird thing that happened, right? A week after that, literally a week after that, Frank Zappa and the Mother of Invention were playing at the Rainbow Theater in London with rented gear. During the encore of the show, an audience member rushed the stage and pushed Zappa into the concrete-floored orchestra pit. It was a long fall, and Zappa was nearly killed. He suffered serious fractures, head trauma, injuries to his back, legs, and neck. He crushed his larynx, which he caused his voice to drop a third uh, after it healed. Can you imagine that, too? Like, to, Wow. Yeah. Uh, he was lucky to survive and was forced to use a wheelchair for an extended period. The assailant was a man named Trevor Howell who told reporters that he believed Zappa was eyeing his girlfriend. <laughs> okay, but these two events back to back had such an emotional impact on him that he started to really think that someone's trying to murder him. Not just murder him, he felt at times that maybe the U.S. government was out to get rid of him because of a lot of his lyrics and a lot of the things that he talked about. Um, like he really felt like the government was after him. Um, he's quoted. It says uh, Zappa went on to have a successful career, but was regularly bashed by the U.S. media for his edgy lyrics. Frank Zappa is quoted as this. Now, when I say this, listen to what he says, because this is what I mean when I say what he says is like, holy crap, like that makes so much sense. Um, so uh, in response to the U.S. media, you know, bashing his edgy lyrics, he's quoted as saying, quote, what do you make of a society that is so primitive that it clings to the belief that certain words in its language are so powerful that they could corrupt you the moment you hear them. Intense. Yes, very much so. All right, last part here. This is the part that gets kind of weird, odd. Um, in 1990, Frank Zappa is diagnosed with terminal prostate cancer, and he ends up dying in 1993. Uh, for some reason, he's buried in an unmarked grave in Los Angeles. Many people wondered why Zappa was not given a gravestone for identification. Some theories suggest a family request or evidence that the mustard gash exposure uh, Zappa experienced as a child. Like, they don't want people to have any kind of radiant exposure, I guess. I don't know. Um, but here's the weird thing. He thought the government was going to try to kill him. Had you ever heard about the idea... Not even the idea. There's actually a, a, a guy who worked for the CIA who claimed you can find the video on YouTube and it's the actual guy in an interview. And he claims that um, the, he having worked for the CIA during the 70s, when Bob Marley was was getting big, a lot of his lyrics were too intense, too much about revolution, too much about overthrowing your government kind of thing, that he was instructed to inject him with cancerous cells. And that's and that apparently that's how he he got can some he did something with some sort of pin or something that was in his shoe and that's how he pricked his his toe and that's how he got cancer in his foot. Had you ever heard of that? Huh. No. So when you when yeah, check that out first. See if you if you it, when you hear that guy talk, you can see whether or not you find him credible, and then re rethink the whole Zappa story. Okay. <laughs> like why is, you know what I'm saying? Like one like yeah. in a week's time unless it's that or it's like final destination where he escaped death uh and then he tried to get him again and then waited till later, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. It's crazy, dude. It's it's that's definitely an odd one. Very much so. 
So there wow. you go. The odd, odd, odd world of rock and roll. Well, that's right. It really was very odd. And now our next letter coming from <laughs> Johnny Townsend. Johnny says, Dear Casey. <laughs> you ever hear that famous one where uh, it's just him? It's just him. Uh, what's that guy's name is, that does that? The countdown. Uh, Casey Kasem? Has, yeah, Casey Kasem. He also was the voice of Shaggy, by the yeah, way. Yeah, for, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Scooby-Doo. Uh, anyway, he uh, was this really famous, you can find it on YouTube, recording of him when he's doing those recordings like you were just doing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the between takes, and he loses his mind. Because yeah, he's tired <laughs> of getting all the sad ones or something? Yes, yes. I did hear and it. Just, he's just dropping some bombs, man. Oh, that's <laughs> so amazing. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Dear Casey. I remember. Oh, man. Isn't it, isn't it weird how much we, I mean, this is music related too. Like, this has really proven to me how time really does keep going on no matter what. Like, a lot of people don't know who Casey Kasem yeah. is now. Yeah, there's, well, uh, again, we have listeners who will have heard that and know exactly what I was doing right away. And there's listeners who are like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah, literally, this, this was about five years ago or so. Uh, I was, uh, I was, what was I doing? I was teaching some kind of, uh, class or something and all the kids that were in it were teenagers they were all teens and uh i mentioned i made some joke about johnny cash and i love johnny cash he's one of my all-time favorite uh singer songwriter guys and i made some joke about johnny cash and i'm kidding you not this was a this was a room with about 12 teenagers in it none of them had even heard that name before you're like you know the country singer that killed his yeah. brother and they're like you mean dewey cox <laughs> yeah, they definitely knew Dewey Cox well before they knew, uh, knew Johnny Cash. That's 100% oh, that's true. So, that's and, and that just made my heart just drop <laughs> with sadness. I, know, they I, feel like, was. I feel like we're not really teaching our children the right things. We should be teaching them other things. Yeah, instead the the Kardashians get famous. I mean, oh. what, are we, what are we doing wrong here? All right, all right, we got to stop that nonsense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse as well. I definitely refuse. So that's been uh, this episode of That's Odd, everybody. Sweet. We're very glad. No, we're just going to end it there, just really awkwardly. <laughs> I just <laughs> say sweet and it stops. Yeah. It <laughs> just stops right there. Uh, um, for Chris Chavez, I'm Johnny Townsend. We're very glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can also, real quick, we don't normally do this, but go check out our Patreon. It's just History Creeps on Patreon. And if you think we're worth it, give us a couple bucks and you get cool stuff for it. Also, check out our other shows on the network, BICBP-radio.com. That's right. That's right. Uh, cough, cough. Uh, Retro bliss. Cough, cough. Uh, but yeah, check those out. Uh, thanks for listening. We really appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks, everybody. And as always, for Chris Chavez, again, I'm Johnny Townsend. And for Chris Chavez, I'm Johnny Townsend. And for Chris Chavez, I'm Johnny. What if I just kept doing that? that Sweet. Just stuck in. Just stuck in. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Chavez, I'm Johnny Townsend. Stay odd. Sweet. <laughs>